So product in, in involvement in growth of these companies, the involvement happens much, much earlier in the life cycle. Marketing automation is always like an afterthought, right? You're trying to bridge a gap in your product which should have not been there. The acceleration with which tools like us get adopted is gonna massively improve. When you ask their teams as to what they do for attention marketing, all they will tell you is they send push notifications. User engagement and retention is a crucial but least understood aspect of a growing a successful business. We are here to change that. Hi, this is Ankur. Join me as I dive into conversation with the best and brightest minds in user engagement to help you navigate the why, what and how of this subject. This is our first episode of the State of Retention Marketing Podcast. And uh, we'd just love to introduce our first speaker, who happens to be Avlish, the CEO of WebEngage. Uh, from starting a SaaS business in 2011, when SaaS was kind of unheard in India, to now having a platform which is scaled up to serve global customers, the journey has come a long way. Uh, they pivoted to a full-stack user engagement and retention platform in 2016, if I'm right? That's right. 15, 16. That's right. And uh, they've been in the ring through the entire digital revolution that's panned out across India. So, you know, nobody better to have an inside-the-ring view of how the retention and the digital marketing ecosystem has evolved. And he's seen customer love from fast-growing startups and also sold the solution to uh, large enterprises as well as unicorns. Now, we would love to understand how the journey of the maturity of the ecosystem has evolved in his view, uh, how customers, their questions, their needs, their problems have evolved over the last few years. And that's what we're here about. You know, so as a simple uh, first question, you know, you've seen this journey over the last several years. What's been, what's your assessment of the current state of maturity of the retention ecosystem? In India? Yeah, in India. Let's zoom in on this. Sure. No, it's, uh, Ankur, it's, it's much better than uh, what it used to be when we launched the product six years ago. And of course, you know, our, our, our own thought process or own evolution was happening. All right. So the assessment was also uh, pretty different from how we do it now. Uh, but yes, it's much better than what it used to be. Uh, there's still, you know, huge room to do more. Marketing tech is very widely misunderstood uh, as a space in general. Um, you know, seeing it as a space which is a culmination of data, uh, 360 view of users, um, touch points across mobile web, CRM, offline ecosystems, uh, and then seeing automation truly as automation, uh, right? I, I think we're still a long way to go. People don't necessarily uh, do marketing automation when they actually roll out marketing automation, right? And I'll talk about it uh, in due course. Uh, sure, as we go along. What I'd love for you to do is break down this whole journey of evolution into, let's say, a few intermittent steps that you've seen people take as to how do they evolve from, you know, day zero to a relatively mature uh, kind of stack. You know, sure. if you could break that journey down. Sure. Yeah, no, uh, very happy to because as you said, uh, you know, we've been very privileged to have had a ringside view yes. to some of these companies doing this and also learning and growing. Um, so almost invariably, Ankur, everybody starts their journey on, on MarTech by by feeling a latent need to do some form of first party marketing right so um so you will hear uh customers say or 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 cmos say um you know our email marketing is not up to mark uh, right we need to do better mm -hmm. um somebody will say oh you know we haven't done enough on whatsapp 
uh, India being WhatsApp first always, you know, we should have done better things on WhatsApp and we want to do better WhatsApp marketing. You'll hear a lot of these, right, in conversations, even till date. And um, invariably, that's how almost everybody starts their marketing automation or marketing channels, essentially. Thinking very channel-centric, communication-centric. And then they, they, they sort of start from there saying, oh, you know, uh, I need email marketing automation now within my org, uh, we need to do it better. We need to graduate from the likes of, let's say, a MailChimp or whatever other things that we were doing in the past. And now this needs to, you know, this needs to sort of reach to a larger audience with more sort of use cases deployed in it. Mm -hmm. um, they start with this, set up a marketing ops team, uh, which largely is focused on building, if I had to put it that way, marketing newsletters, right? Uh, which, is, which is long form content, bunch of products thrown in, a lot of marketing promotions thrown in and goes out to, you know, users at a, at a certain frequency. This is still bulk laugh. This is still, this is still bulk. Uh, the more evolved ones will, will graduate towards segmented uh, email marketing uh, or, you know, replace the channel with any other channel if you like. And that's, that's how almost everybody starts. Push notifications, right? Uh, we hear about push notifications so much in the marketing tech context in India, Southeast Asia. Uh, this is only a SEF phenomena uh, or emerging market phenomena. Mm. You know, it does not exist in the developed markets. There's no there's no push notification marketing, right? Um, uh, as a channel, like the way it is in India, you will sure. you'll come across companies which send tens of millions of push notifications in a day, uh, and these are just bulk notifications, right? So um, saying that uh, as the ecosystem, we're still um, not really really far beyond the bulk play. Is is that what I that's say? That's, that's what a large number of people are doing. That's what a large chunk of uh, companies start doing, and they stay in that zone for a very long period of time because of this mis placed notion that you know these these campaigns uh, as, as they're called they bring you some revenue and they do they do of they course yeah uh they, you know you you'll always have your data uh, room set for these campaigns which will tell you so many delivered and so many people so many people actually viewed and clicked and then converted right yeah. so there is there is a funnel that you see hmm. and once you get used to seeing that data it's very hard to think beyond that you, this is that a little ironic given that you will have all that sophistication involved in Google ads and Facebook ads ecosystem where the targeting gets more complex. And on the other side, you might have all this data about your first party audience as well, that, but you're not using it well. And why is that not counterintuitive? Right. No, uh, that's a great question, Ankuru, that you ask. And uh, this is where the challenges in this space start, right? So when you, when you try to do this comparison, right, ad tech versus martech, Adtech appears a lot more sophisticated because of all this fancy kind of targeting that it offers. Martech, on the on the other hand, is is limited to first party data. Unlike a Google, right? It's not building a data set field. But guys, you run a CDP, right? So first party data is also fairly rich. Come to think of it, it is. So is this more of a intent slash education slash? I don't know. Uh, so what that define that barrier as? Absolutely right. So uh, bang on, and you probably answered your question yourself. This is where marketing automation becomes complex for companies to adopt, right? Uh, because now you're talking about implementing a first-party data layer, and then you're talking about using this to build more sensible and more targeted engagement using the automation stack. Very few people have worked across both these spectrums and seen the culmination. You know, I'm going to get to that as to when you say these few people, I'm sure some of these have been your customers, they've yes. been around for a long yes. enough time. And I'd love to hear some of those stories on what they've done. 
But meanwhile, in your sense, it's the key barrier ends up being what? Is it, you know, because it's a, it's a relatively recent subject. So is it the majority of the talent, the supply of talent, uh, the decision makers own understanding of what they can do with this? Where is it getting held up? Sure. No, it's a, it's a mix of all of this, Ankur, to be, to be honest. Um, unfortunately, the, the onus of data and, and data uh, completeness around users and being able to stitch it all together across multiple touch points, that onus lies with somebody else. Uh, the, the onus of doing campaigns and bringing in more revenue via automation campaigns sits with somebody else. So it's the first guy, the product guy, I'm assuming, or the tech team. He's usually product, data, tech, right? It will be yeah. depending on company and size. Campaign is a marketer. He's usually the CMO, right? Or the team. Hmm. Now, these two, they, they, it's very difficult for them to converge unless, unless there, is, there is somebody sitting on top of these two driving this, right? And uh, invariably in companies, that doesn't happen. It doesn't happen very often. And that leads to sort of this another layer of data buildup, right? Siloed data buildup, where marketers are, are left to decide what data is that that they need for engagement that they want to do. Sure. And as you can imagine, it's a very tough ask because now you're talking about if you had to talk very sophisticated level automation, you're now putting the onus on marketing to be able to design a schema that will lead them to certain kind of automation, you know, in times to come. A right? typical marketer has never made a schema in his has life. Never, right? A very hard ask, very tough mm. ask, right? And uh, that is where that is where it starts to sort of become uh, mediocre in that sense, right? The quality of engagement, the quality of data, etc. Um, and and then it's an uphill battle, right? Mm. Because now getting it, all of this done, please, mind you, right? Uh, all of this uncle takes time. Sure. All right. Uh, in a in a more evolved business where you have you have multiple touch points, you have apps, you have you have your mobile website, your desktop website, you have CRMs. You know, integrating in all these places, making sure that the data comes in itself is a very tough task. Now, if you've zeroed in on certain kind of schema, which if left to the marketer would always be bare bones, even if the marketer graduates, let's say a year down the line, and 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 the thinking evolves, the understanding evolves, that that job of getting this additional he intelligence. For data, and he'll have to go back to the data team for it's it, impossible. and that's the joint. It's like a rework. It's mm -hmm. like a rework. So what I uh, find interesting is uh, some of our other conversations where we speak to people like growth X, and they've now been championing this whole aspect of a growth team, mm. which is a combination of marketers plus techies plus product folks and a bunch of experimentation happening in between. Do you, uh, what's in your opinion, a great org design to run retention as a as a practice, right? Because uh, if you're saying that the marketers doesn't know this, the product guy doesn't know this, maybe they need to come together because to find the same guy to do both might still be hard. And, and so what's the org like? You know, if there were more uh, people with that skill, I, I think would have all done a great service uh, to the country and to the whole region, right? Uh, no, because it's a very rare skill. It's a very rare skill to combine these two. Hmm. Um, marketers also, it's not just about campaigns and automation. There's so much more about mar to marketing about creativity. Sure. Uh, you, you need to think about campaigns in a certain way hmm. for them to be effective. Right, so that 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 takes a certain kind of. Are we saying that this is like a you know inborn kind of play, or do you think there's a journey to maturing slash teaching slash educating where people will go through this? I I think it's a it's a lot about education. Yeah. Uh, wherein you get to you you're you're aligned towards learning what you're not, you know, originally supposed to do. Right. Uh, I mean, marketers are not supposed to understand how data works. 
uh, right? Or how that was then, right? I mean, that's not the truth. That's anymore. not the truth anymore. But again, that skill gap. The same marketers we're talking about who are spending millions of dollars in the Google and the Facebook and understanding the funnels. They understand the funnel side of things. But the data schema is where it is. There's a huge difference, Ankur, in, in making a Google ad work versus versus a marketing tech sure. work. Absolutely. Because within a marketing tech, you're also responsible for understanding how it works. Absolutely. With Google, you can completely skip that. Yeah. Right. Fair enough. You don't have to, right? So that how it works is, is is a very challenging part for people who don't come from that world. So would you have like a you know to do list for leaders to accelerate this learning curve? We you know we we work with all these customers right all the time, and invariably if you if you have seen our onboarding process, there is so much pushback. Right, uh, that that we do, and and yeah. uh, you know during the onboarding phase where the customer quickly wants to get started, uh, but we keep pushing them to actually get the schema finalized even before they get started. Right, and sometimes it's also get it gets very tricky because because you don't have a customer which is which is evolved to a certain extent even appreciate what you're trying to do. Right, okay, because for them what they have is I campaigns in mind that they want to go live yesterday. Sure, um, and and they don't have any appreciation for what you're trying to do, which will help them in the future. Right. This gets fast tracked with education, mm. and and while we try to do whatever we can as a company, mm. but you know, uh, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a difficult thing, uh, you know, to to get get this done in a short span of time. In my view, I think organizationally, you know, when companies decide that they want to go down this path, there are two three things that they need to set out in their charter. Mm. One one is they clearly need to internalize the fact. Within leadership and and you know the the mid mid management teams, is that this is a revenue channel. Everybody needs to take it seriously because you're going to make money from this. It's not common wisdom, Uncle. Funnily, it's not sure. common wisdom that 25 30 percent of your revenues in a steady state can actually just come from this, this sure. this stack if done right. Uh, but most people most people ask. Very this is where what I hear you say some sort of an intent level question mark slash willingness to prioritize this. And if I remember correctly, Rajan's on your board, and he's been super vocal about the whole subject of retention. That's right. And um, that's, I would have imagined the number of times he's repeated this across the forums. He said this that uh, it should have by now become a bit of a priority. And now that we are in this so-called Monday winter, yeah, of course, <laughs> if everybody listened to Rajan, the world would be a different place. But regardless, now that we're in the funding winter, do you see that intent uh, slash willingness to invest in this dimension getting better across organizations? It has gotten better, surely. Uh, not necessarily triggered just by this. Sure. But, uh, you know, as a country, we keep talking about, you know, 1.3 billion population, 500, 600 million users, you know, some some, some mobile data sources, right, which will tell you mm. that's, that's the number of mobile internet users uh, that we have in the country now. Um, you know, the reality, Ankur, is... And 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 the founders at Zeroda and others have talked about this very vehemently. Um, there is there is very small number of users who actually have the ability to transact meaningful sure. online, right? Depending on who you talk to, that number ranges from twenty million to fifty to sixty million. That's all there is. Ultimately, seeing the size of the market is limited, so That's unless you have repeats, it's not what it's. Now, scale. after you've acquired all of them. Which you will if you've you stayed around. Most of the right. companies in the country they've they've been around for for almost a decade. Now now there is nobody else meaningful to acquire. You can keep acquiring the long tail, right? And if you're building a business, those guys do one transaction a year. So what are you going to do? Those will be it's a very different business, and I'm sure there is a different model for those. But I'm mm -hmm. talking about uh, all these commerce-led businesses, decent basket size, you know, thousand rupee in India, sort of products. There are not as many buyers. 
and and, sure. and by now you probably have acquired all of them besides also there's all of this competition which will anyway increase your cost of acquisition all the time google is google all the time and and it's a pity that you actually as a cmo decide that to get these users back you go back to google you go back to facebook yeah. and your so called retargeting campaigns uh and try to get these users back there's no reason there's absolutely no reason for you to these are your customers you've already acquired them high value customers if they have transacted with you once you probably know everything about them to be able to make an outreach and make a very solid targeted outreach very sure. meaningful outreach and do this in a manner where you could convert even 15 to 20% of them you 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 moving the needle right you know so i mean the way you describe martech there's a lot of possibility in impact 25 to 30% revenue as serious business to be having any cmo's attention i would imagine all this sounds too good uh, sort of theoretically but translating that into action and outcomes might be overwhelming it is so is there a let's say a thought process on how do you go about from day 0 to day 1 to day 2 yeah. what do you put in place first and next and then next ankur it starts with building the right org structure and the team so sure. uh, which because this right if done right is actually depending on the size of the company it's a 2 to 20 people job there are sure. we have customers right uh, in a wide range they have these many product managers and marketers sitting on web engage day in day out trying to optimize you know some of their funnels some of their uh, you know some of their codes and then running campaigns accordingly running journeys accordingly monitoring and then you know changing all of this it's is very heavy scale uh, deployment and it's also a lot of intense work and and there are different kinds of people right uh, there will be people who will be just designing campaigns there will be people thinking about the next orchestration that you want to build right uh, which essentially is the next automation flow that you want to bring to web engage uh because otherwise it's very complex to sort of you know stitch things together all of this is different kinds of skills sure so i you know as you go along in fact scaring me even further from when i started out because it's overwhelming to begin with no if that thing that i need these 20000 skills and join people yeah how do i make it you don't do this on day one i i don't think there's a point of doing this on day one sure very first place because you know it does it does take you a fair bit of time uh to integrate really well to make sure that your data you know uh comes in the manner that you that you want it. somebody's sort of design that as a first time but it has to your onboarding team will probably help us there again it's not a it's not a one time job sure it's you know you you keep gradually sort of you make incremental changes you keep getting better you add more touch points you add more data points yeah. and you know uh you know sort of cover the entire spectrum again gradual process but as you do this right and you keep doing this right the the skill set within your team also keeps evolving the team that started at this level right six months down the line if, if they've continued to do well and they have squeezed what they were supposed to out of the platform they've grown to the next level of maturity and there are many cases right case in point is pinny one of our customers amazing work right how they started so what did they do right and what they probably could have done better you know what did somebody uh, whose journey has been with you let's say for 5 years i know my glam has been around for a longer time Absolutely. what do these guys do right uh, in the beginning itself which yeah. helped them to scale up and you know if you have examples of mistakes that have been made by these guys or some other name guys i would love to hear some of those no great question uh, great question because uh, the answer is very close to my heart i advise all companies uh, to do this in all these examples right go ibibo make my trip um, you have you know, my glam you said first cry right in all these examples ankur product and tech hmm. are the key owners of 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 the data pack so basically saying marketers are not the best guys to be running this to begin with 
the the best ROI that the best ROI that I've seen people draw from this have always been when the product and tech have been completely involved, and they have a bit of let's say influence as well as ownership of this whole both play both um, influence of course because ultimately it boils down to you know how quickly can you deploy how quickly can you sort of integrate new use cases etc. But when they when they truly understand right uh, the the agility of the platform, right? Sure. And with agility with which it can deploy automation use cases and deliver comms at scale without you having to worry about building your own infrastructure. Sure. They unlock a lot. They, they pretty much unleash a whole lot of things, right? Is it safe to say that from an org design perspective, let the subject of user engagement and retention be owned uh, more by product than by marketing? And marketing can play its role in terms of copy, creative, and all of that. But yeah. the architecting of the system, as well as infrastructure, as, well as the automation, should be run by somebody from a product mindset. For all new age companies, uh, Ankur, I think that should be the play. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all new age companies, fancy term startups, right? Uh, anybody who's building consumer tech, D two C. I I think it's a it's it's a very fair thing to have uh, product and tech own this up, uh, see this through. Hmm. Let marketing graduate with them in terms of use cases, and eventually, when marketing builds its own skill, has the right set of folks, and you have you know this uh, the growth X kind of folks over like sure. right. Once they have this, then you know they can they can offload it to them. Uh, but but yes, you know as I said in my view, I've seen the best use cases wherever I've seen them. It's always been invariably the product or the tech as their as the key owner. Pre stakeholders. Yeah. So would it be fair to say that you know a typical mistake companies are making uh, as of today, and they've been making this for the past few years, is to put this on the job of somebody who's relatively junior, maybe a recent graduate, first time to marketing, and now he's a campaign manager who basically uses bug dispatches. That's right, and that's a classic mistake. Thing. That's a that's a classic mistake everybody makes. Um, even today, I see uh, some very heavy uh, you know mobile internet companies in India, right? Their quality of retention. When you ask, when you ask their teams as to what they do for attention marketing, all they will tell you is they send push notifications. That's it. But that's what's also now gotten the reputation of being spammy. And it that... will, it will, right? Because everybody is doing the same thing. Yeah. And and it's it's the same set of users you're reaching out to. You know, everybody struggles to get the mindset. The ROI on these things are, is very limited, Ankur. You know, beyond a point. You say ROI as a word, and in fact, funnily, that's my exact next question because as a marketer, and I'm a marketer as well. There is this reasonable amount of money that gets spent across different parts of the puzzle on Google, on Facebook, on acquisition, on several pieces of the Martech stack. Uh, the tools exactly don't end up being a large part of the bill in most scenarios. Sure. But people still tend to attach the ROI question mark to it. Yeah. And is that a fair way to look at this? How should a marketer or a leader really think about ROI when it comes to Martech? Uh, you know, specifically focusing on this whole retention stack uh, perspective. There are, there are, I, I'll tell you why that's that's the notion and why people think of this as a still as a as a cost heavy business is because marketing tech tools they go hand in hand with some of these um, channels that you use which are necessarily paid channels uh, you know channels like email sms whatsapp etc every message that you send there's a cost attached to it sure um all marketer to new age marketing tools like us uh, will let you send push notifications for free so uh, whether it's a mobile app or or it's your browser push, all of this doesn't cost you anything. You just send as many. There's no variable cost, sure, yes, right? Mm-hmm. But but there is a cost to sending emails and SMS through through these platforms. When a CEO thinks about cost, in his or her mind, it's all it's all one. Sure. And if you if you're very heavy email SMS sender, 
the cost adds up to right uh, do it still be anyway comparable to your google ads click costs sms is expensive yeah sms is very expensive uh, right and uh, you know whether it's people in financial services fintech etc edtech also uses heavily uh, sms some of these guys are very heavy sms ads but so are we saying that the sophistication of these sms is it'll done right could still deliver our why can't so black talk to swimming guys they make money on sms crazy amount of money on this I would get to that in terms of uh, the best guys doing the best jobs out of this. I hear you talk about gaming, but you know, from a leader perspective, do I? How do I look at ROI? Because you know, if I were to think of ROAS as a metric, which is return on ad spend that typically yep. uh, marketers would use, uh, my Google ads and my Facebook ads and stuff will probably go to three to four x. You know, if I look at the whole funnel of the kind of stuff you talk about, even if it's SMS and attribution can still sometimes be messy, yep. but you know, generally talking north of ten to fifteen x in which way? Sure. So then. Is it something you encounter as a real problem? Then why are you measuring my cost as much? Because I'm delivering you a much better ROAS as a marketer. Yeah. And how do you encounter that? How you how do you counter that question? Yeah. No, it's a chicken egg problem. Most people haven't seen the cycle of generating revenue from a martech platform. Martech okay. platforms, right? If you still go to legacy enterprise businesses, they're still Seen as an operational tool in the in the marketing. It better help somebody compare this to AWS cost. This is necessary, has to be done, but it's a cost. Ridiculous, right? But uh, but yeah, in absence of the tool not being classified under revenue generating category, hmm. it's bound to happen. But is that true of the entire category of platforms? Is there somebody who's able to cross over to that side where customers now see this? As there are there are service companies. Yeah. Right? So we you know we have come across a few in our journey hmm. too. Uh, Which are perceived very differently, sure, right? So their core job, they are also martech companies in that sense, uh, but they do provide services. Uh, These are services in the form of uh, data intelligence, telling you, churning your own data, and telling you, you know, what customer segments are going to be uh, better to target, sure. which, which customer segments are most likely to convert, make you more more money from a repeat standpoint, loyalty standpoint, etc. Right? And customers put a lot of premium on that because for them, that data analysis, it's 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 worth paying for. And and those businesses, the 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 ROAS on them is evaluated very differently. Sure, as compared to what we have perceived generally is is software tools, right? So unless unless I think the onus is on us, it's the customers are not to blame. I think this is a job at our hand where we have to we have to position ourselves. We have to come across as as a revenue generating tool. Mm-hmm. When you are able to put it in that perspective, Ankur, this these tools, if done right. You get to 10x ROI within within a six months time span. Oh, absolutely! If not sooner, right? uh, that's that's how simple and effective it is. But to, again, doing it right, right, that's the yeah. highest part. So, which I'm assuming, given that uh, Google Ads have been around for 10, 15 odd years, and retention as a subject, you guys started out six years ago, but that was still super early times. That's right. But the way the funding ecosystem has played out in India, anyways, there's not been as much emphasis on retention led growth. It's mostly been acquisition led growth. So the talent supply. The mindset has all not been in place, right. but I'm hoping that changes now. Yep, change. And you know that brings me to the gaming guys because those guys have always operated very profitably, very sensibly, and very interestingly. Right. And kind of regulatory gray area because some states have a you know line there. But I would love to dig deeper into some of these use cases that you've seen being applied by these guys, which has delivered excellent results. Yeah. And you know what ultimately has to make a case for a CMO to take this stuff more seriously because somewhere or the other, sure. when the intent has to start at the top, yeah. and from there it percolates to the kind of people you bring in, the kind of ownership you assign to product. And if you're able to have that board level conversation and saying that this has to be owned by product versus marketing, because mm-hmm. in marketing is just some guy sitting in a corner pushing out campaign, right? That's what's sure. happening. Sure. But uh, you know what would happen differently if product were to run it? I'll tell you. I'll tell you why uh, 
product becomes a key stakeholder in these kind of companies. Um, most of these gaming apps, for the same reason, right? They cannot be listed on the Google's Play Store, regulatory reasons, etc. Right? Um, the the actual discovery and download also has to be facilitated. Sure. You know, people are not discovering you on the Play Store. There's no way to do so. So you have to get them to your website, your website, get them to read stuff and download a dangerous looking APK, which will throw five different warnings on your phone before you install it, right? Sure. Just getting it done itself is hard. Sure. Yeah, as you can imagine, right? So product in in involvement in growth of these companies, the involvement happens much, much earlier in the life cycle. Okay. The, the, the thinking to how to get this product installed hmm. is is built in into it's into, not just a marketing problem it's, it's not a marketing problem, problem. it comes mm. marketing problems are much much later sure right? it becomes a part of the growth story right your your actual distribution story number one number two um because these are games you're talking about gamification mindset from day one sure right so you you're essentially building your app and experiences within the app which are all gamified in in true sense right these people the product people in these companies, all the way to their developers, they understand the benefits of being able to gamify anything. Now, all of these gamification, the the last mile happens via messaging. Sure. All gamification is messaging. Yeah, I mean, there'll be a nudge involved. There will be at some place. They're not more cozied up and warmed up to the idea than their counterparts elsewhere. Right. Sure. These things, they help natural adoption hmm. uh, cycle and they understand utility of marketing tech platforms from day one. Right. Because, because as I said, right, from product all the way to the that's, design. That'll boil down to the org design where the ownership resides with product. But you see the same stuff happening with more fintechs, more edtechs. That's also like it's getting better. You have a lot it, of it, it is getting better. Uh, but again, um, marketing automation is always like an afterthought, right? You're trying to bridge a gap in your product which should have not been there, the gap should have been fixed in some way so that the leak was minimal. Now I'm saying funnel leakage or across different across different funnels. Various funnels. Right? Now, if you experience a Netflix or an Expedia, you you see how carefully thought through experiences are. Sure. Uh, right. Uh, once you once you visit a website uh, or the app or you go back, these are very very thoughtfully crafted journey. There's a lot of science to it, which is a terrible evolution of the ecosystem. And people keep saying, you know, there's a lot of AI, ML. Sure, there may be, but that's not important. That's the underlying sure. effect. Yeah. It could be anything. The point is, these journeys are very carefully thought. Somebody's thinking, these are five possible ways of people leave me. And there's a mature guy thinking, is that? There's a the much point? mature guy. Yeah, he's always a much more mature guy thinking and orchestrating these flows in the head. Hmm. All of it can't go into the product on day one, and never will, but you're thinking with these user stories in mind. To begin with anyway, given that product and tech bandwidth are usually you know, hard to get, uh, it just makes sense for the marketer or maybe the guy who's, let's call him the growth product manager here, sure. to be the driver's seat on running this kind of shows outside of product windows, right? Yeah. That would just yeah. make sense. Interesting. So product guys, wherever they get involved, they do a much better job. But because they're able to create, it's the thought process. Story. It's not something against marketers as much as it's something about the skill sets that's. Just the skill sets. Yeah, it's just the skill sets. Interesting. Uh, 
you know, generally from a prioritization perspective, given that we spoke about the winter and we spoke about retention as an important aspect of success and we talk about marketing automation, adding up to the aspect of impact of retention, 20 to 30% revenue, great ROAS. So from a linkage, from an ecosystem perspective, are people able to see that relationship clearly that now marketing automation is great for my retention, it's great for my business? Or is that still a dots not fully connected? No, I think I think I need retention in my business and uh, my retention needs to be great. Fairly well acknowledged. Uh, I, I, I think most people understand the utility and importance of why they need to do this. Um, the challenge is the idea of retention is a complex one. Right? Sure. It starts with how do you, what is retention for you? People will use this term very loosely. Right? Uh, for some, it may mean repeat orders. For some, it may mean D30 cohorts. Uh, for some, it may mean how many how many loyalty reward uh, subscribers are there. Sure, and and so on and so forth. Right, everybody has a very different. Most people don't know what they really want when they mean the term retention. Okay, they probably want all of this, and and because it's all over the place, the measurability of this is where it starts. You know, one of the things that I keep saying even within the team is you can't. You can't improve what you can't measure. It was. It's, it's, it's as simple as that. If you say, I want to improve retention, tell me how you measure it today. Oh, well, I've heard a lot of people talk about uh, 60% of our business comes from repeat orders. We have great retention. Are you? It's sanguine, right? We could real, but yeah, that's the reality of the audience. That's the reality. Sure, so that's a journey of uh, evolution, I would imagine. But with all this attention now coming from people at Sikowa, and, and that's an investment house which puts money in the companies, uh, do you see that becoming more and more common because I'm hoping and assuming that these companies do a better job, which means the people working with these companies know slightly better than, uh, you know, there's a degree of top-down play happening. So from a journey of evolution perspective, we see that moving in that direction. I, I see, okay. Uh, very, these are incredibly smart people, right? Uh, especially in the consumer tech world. Um, you know, when the focus changes to retention, it's not just it's not just you know somebody thinks saying that okay now now I need to do this because it's important. You basically aligning or changing the thought process in your entire org or at least your marketing. You will hear a lot of this right now, right? Because all these large companies are now suddenly shifting gears and saying we want to be profitable, we want to be a bit positive and operate in more sensible place. And it's an entire org redesign because they've never thought about the subject for the last five years. But it's not just one guy at the top thinking uh, about this. It's 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 an org redesign. Somebody has to. Your everyday decision making is very different when you have to build for the long haul. And you know that's where the connection with I hear profitability is a play a lot more. And you mentioned this term that the market size in India ultimately caps out, which means the only way you can actually get more is by retention. But I'm just curious to understand in your assessment in your conversation, do people seriously make the connection as straightforward and as easily, or they don't hear? It, it actually varies. There a might lot. be a spectrum. Uh, sure. It varies a lot across different categories, mm. uh, right? Even within subcategories of edtech and fintech, you will have very different customer segments, uh, and and the the market size varies a lot across these customer segments, depending on you know which one you're looking at. So yes, uh, it's a function of that too. But I'm reiterating the point. It's a it's a great state for most of these companies that they've gotten to. Uh, there is there is good degree of focus on first party data looking inwards as as opposed to going going outwards and you know one of the things that we should talk about is the whole change in um, 
towards the Kukile's world. Uh, that takes question, in fact. Is, I was is that, towards is that, that? Yeah. Okay, fair enough. So I'll let you ask the question. No, it's exact next, so you can go on with it. Right. Uh, no, we're moving towards a world where you'll not have third-party data tracking. Right? Hopefully, uh, when Google does finally decide Google to get finally decides to show it, which will happen, right? Uh, there are oh, pressure with time. Yeah. So with time, it will happen. And uh, you know, you 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 cannot rely on that third-party accuracy uh, of tracking. Uh, you cannot. You can no longer say third-party data tracking. Uh, people who are so-and-so age group in so-and-so regions with so many with, with these interests, all those things will go away. You cannot do it. And even if, if they provide you, you know, the data is not going to be any any of, of any use to you. Now, sorry, you're saying that uh, the native targeting of Facebook and Google will still remain, but all this uh, cookie-based affair where the retargeting world happens is it sort of go away. So the way it works, Ankur, is today, if you if you use the Google Ad Exchange, Google will plant a cookie for you if you're a customer, right? If you're an advertiser, Google will plant a cookie on your own websites, on 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 all third-party websites who have granted them permission to. Mm. And Google is able to track your users across these multiple properties. Correct, right? So if a user goes to your app or your website, and the user keeps going to other apps or other yeah. websites, Google will track this user, even anonymously, so um, as the same user. Sure. Now, this whole idea of interest, et cetera, right? Demography interest, et cetera, is a build up on what this user is doing. Hmm. So if That's I'm going it. to these news websites or these 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 book websites, I am interested in 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 politics and 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 you know uh, fiction, right? It's a build up. It's a build up. All that enrichment of data that's happening because of this multi-party data consolidated goes away. It goes away because you can't cookies why you can no longer do that. You can't type the same as one. Sure. So these will be all different users. Now, the first party intelligence is purely based on the data that you provide. This is gonna go crazy on the acquisition side of things, I'm assuming. Yeah. By yeah. nature of it. Right. Automatically, if you were to get the same customers back, you don't want to depend on the same channels as acquisition. That's likely it'll get become more expensive. It will. I'm pretty sure it will. And I'm pretty sure Google will start offering something else on top of the mechanism. Sure. All that time will tell. But the point is, in light of all of these changes, the the acceleration with which tools like us get adopted is gonna massively improve. So you're basically saying this is gonna be your, you know, PTM's demonetization moment, right? Cookie-less world kind of becomes. I'm, I'm hoping for the body, right? Know. Thank you so much, Amlesh, for doing this. Uh, very educational. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Uncle.